Welcome to the Linting from Lent podcast brought to you by Shambly Methodist Church. I'm Eric Lee, one of the pastors. And I'm Stacy Rushing, the other pastor. We're excited to join you on this journey for a seven episode podcast where we are going to be discovering joy and Lent together. And our inspiration for this podcast is a book by Max O. Vincent, Because of This I Rejoice. We hope you will all pick up a copy and join us in this conversation. So Eric, let's get started. Today we're starting out our first episode of this Lenten podcast. It is Ash Wednesday, and we are going to be talking about Ash Wednesday. What is it? and How do we understand what we're called to do in this season? And we're also going to talk a little bit about the book study that's starting at Chamble UMC. So let's start from the beginning, Eric. What is Ash Wednesday? Stacey, I want to say I'm excited to do this podcast with you. I hope it turns out to be a good resource for our church and our community, and um, I think we need it this season, especially this Lenten season. Ash Wednesday, historically in the church, has been the day that begins Lent. And um, it's often been understood or characterized as a day uh, that we are mindful of our mortality. Uh, We think about things like sacrifice, uh, even suffering, the suffering of Christ, or even our own, um, as a way to sort of set the tone for Lent, that, that Lent would be a season like that. And um, I got to be honest, though, when talking about mortality and sacrifice and suffering, I feel like those things have been on the forefront for us. And uh, we face them every day for the past almost year. Uh, so I don't I don't think that we're coming to a moment where we, we really need to change gears or shift our focus and and think about those things. They've been with us the whole time. Uh, so I've actually been thinking about what would it mean for us to be linting from Lent this year and, and take a different tack as we understand what it means to practice Lent. Yeah, a few years ago, uh, a colleague and friend of ours, Max Vincent, who's actually the pastor at St. James in Atlanta, wrote a book beca- called Because of This, I Rejoice, and it's actually a series of Lent meditations to go along with the book of Philippians. And what I love about this book that Max brings to the table is that it's one of the few Lent books that focuses on joy, which to me seems so incredibly uh, countercultural to what we often think of in the church. I mean, if you think of what happens on Ash Wednesday, we take charred palm leaves from Palm Sunday, and we smudge them on someone's forehead as we tell them that they are dust and to dust they shall return. So In some ways, it can kind of seem like joy is banned from Lent or that uh, we can only have joy on Sundays because during the Lent season, the 40 days don't include those little Easter's, which is what we call each Sunday. They're feast days. But then we feel like when we get into the rest of the week, we we just can't have any fun. (laughs) We can't have any joy. We have to be very serious. And uh, if you get a copy of the book, and I hope you will, and you read the introduction, which Max is titled Laughing on Ash Wednesday, he talks about how he loves this ritual and this uh, celebration in the church, even more sometimes than he loves the lights of Christmas or the flowers of Easter or the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. He says he loves Ash Wednesday, and he loves the season of Lent. And uh, he says that when he tells people that, they think he's crazy. (laughs) Maybe some of the people who are listening today can resonate with that, because how could someone like Lent? Uh, He says in his book, 
that people have said to him uh, that they think he's joking because Lent's a time to be serious. It's not fun and games and it's not something we should joke about. It's a solemn occasion, which I think we've all heard before. But what Max says is it makes him wonder if Lent is meant to be depressing. Are spiritual practices supposed to sound like the drudgery of chores? I love that. Is confession nothing more than taking out our spiritual trash? Praying akin to writing out a grocery list. And Max asked, am I wrong to look forward to Ash Wednesday? Am I sacrilegious if I find joy in Lent? And I, I love How that. How we approach Lent? I mean, the way we celebrate or the way we observe Lent, particularly Ash Wednesday, I feel like the services I've been a part of that I can remember, it, it does seem like that's the tone that um, most services set is, is a somber one um, that is focused on suffering or sacrifice, um, giving things up, um, almost like a penitence mm. uh, as, as our understanding of Ash Wednesday. I really appreciate what Max has to say in this book about uh, another way to perceive Lent and Ash Wednesday. Yeah, I love that he calls it a, a drudgery of chores, because I'll confess, since we're in the season of Lent, I'll confess, there have been times in my life where I get to Fat Tuesday, and I'm, I'm racking my brain, like, what am I going to have to give something up? I'm obligated to find a thing, and I'm like, it's going to be sodas, it's going to be chocolate. And I'm so concerned with giving something up that I'm not really thinking about what the practice is about. I'm just trying to grab anything because I'm viewing it more of a chore than, than a practice that brings me closer to God. And what I, I love about this book and that he picked Philippians is uh, in the book of Philippians, Paul is actually writing from prison. So Paul's not in a good spot. He's not writing from the peak of his career. He's sitting in a prison cell. And yet in that letter, as Paul describes the things he does to stay in relationship with God, he uses the word joy more than any other letter he writes to communities. And so it's this great example of finding ourselves in a difficult spot, but still being able to point towards joy because we have these practices that invite us into that relationship with God. Yeah. And I think that's where we start to have a different understanding of Ash Wednesday, a different understanding of Lent and what it means to observe those times in this season uh, in our own faith is it's not as much a focus on what we give up uh, or what we sacrifice or do without. Um, and it's not so much a focus on our own brokenness or our mortality uh, that can seem at times to be morbid or um, guilt-ridden but but the focus of this season is actually on something joyful and hope-filled that leads us toward Easter, which is why I appreciate so much that we're going to be reading this book together as a church, um, that we can start to really dig into the joyful practices and aspects of Lent. And, and Stacey, I mean, I'm thinking you and I have already had a conversation about what Lent can mean and, and what the our spiritual practices during Lent can mean if they're not focused on just the sacrifice or the struggle or, you know, the guilt or the mortality, um, that there's actually a whole nother perspective to Lent. Yeah. You know, I, I came across this wonderful poem by one of my favorite uh, authors, Mary Oliver, and it's, it's part of a larger poem called 
Blackwater Woods, but she in this poem talks um, in a way that reminds me of what we do in Lent, that it's not just about what we give up or what it cost us, but it's, it's about holding and loving all of what God has created. And so I'm going to share a few lines with you. It says this, to live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. I just think that's such a rich image of, of what we're doing in Lent. We're, we're holding those things that are precious to us in a deep and meaningful way, but we're also given permission that we can release things, especially those things that distract us from God or don't serve us in our spiritual walk anymore. And it's this beautiful dance between knowing what you hold on to, what you cling to, close to your own bones, and then what, what you let go and when the time is to let go. And in that letting go, there's a, a freedom, um, a release that also I think makes space, right, for God uh, in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, um, that when we are able and willing to let go of the things that it's time to let go of, um, then we're able to make space for or take hold of or receive something new, um, something bright, something holy from God. And, and that, I think, is, is more in line with what we're talking about when we observe Lent, is that holy letting go that uh, creates space. Yeah, and you know what occurs to me is sometimes it's even... Um reimagining or re-understanding these practices we've done. I know not everyone grew up having an Ash Wednesday service, but it's certainly gained uh, practice within Methodist circles in the last, let's say, 20 years. So more and more churches are doing it. And so we have sort of a set understanding of what, what happens in that service and what we experience that day and how it sets the tone. And I think um, the way we're looking at Lent this year invites us to sort of reimagine that. And you shared a story with me uh, earlier about uh, what I would say is a non-traditional Ash Wednesday experience that kind of opened for you a more joyful understanding of the season. Yeah. Um, several years ago, I participated in an um, imposition of the ashes, you know, an Ash Wednesday service uh, at a Starbucks. And so uh, it was a Starbucks in town where I held sort of regular office hours. I'd gotten to know the management and the staff and a lot of the regulars and had a good rapport with them and even met with a group of clergy there every week. And um, so all of us, the clergy, we arranged with the management of the Starbucks to have someone there, one of us there all day long on Ash Wednesday to offer ashes. And we had communicated that with our congregations so that on their way by as they were going to work or coming home, they could stop by and receive ashes. And we just set up a little spot in the corner of the store um, no signage, nothing really um, that was too in your face, but we were just present and had a little thing of ashes and some cards that explained what we were doing. And, um, and periodically someone would come in the store who wasn't, you know, one of our congregants from one of the churches represented, but uh, saw what we were doing and, and came over and participated. And in fact, there was uh, a mom and son who came in the store and he was probably, I don't know, five or six, like kindergarten age. And uh, she looked over and saw what I was doing as they were getting in line. And uh, then when they made their purchase and, and sat down and finished their drinks, 
they came by and she asked what I was doing. And I explained to her, you know, about Ash Wednesday and she was a Christian. She said, but her tradition, they didn't observe Ash Wednesday. She wasn't familiar with the practice. And so I told her a little bit more and gave her the card that explained what we we're doing, had a prayer on it that you could pray when you receive the ashes. And she gave it a look and said that she and her son would like to participate. She asked if it was okay if he got the ashes too. And I said, you know, of course we, um, we don't discriminate based on age, neither does God. And so, um, so I, I gave them the ashes, made the sign of the cross on each of their foreheads with the ashes. And, um, and then after I'd done that, the little boy sat there and he looked at the ashes on the table and he looked at me, he looked back down the ashes and he said, can I give you ashes on your head? And it had just never occurred to me, you know, I mean, it's always the role of the clergy kind of to do that for people. And, um, and it was like, put, put me off kilter for a second, but it was so cool. And, um, and what a blessing to have that offered to me by a six-year-old little boy who was new to it. Um, maybe he'd heard me explain a little bit about what we were doing, but he saw that it was something that was good for him and he wanted to offer it to me. And I don't think he was doing it to identify my mortality or, um, you know, to, for me to identify with suffering or sacrifice. I think he saw it as something good and, and hope filled and uh, even joyful that he had gotten to participate in and he wanted to offer the same thing to me. And, uh, and it did, it gave me a different outlook on what Lent can be. And, um, and yeah, you know, we may give things up that that's a common practice and a part of our observation of Ash Wednesday and Lent. Um, but, but again, I think the focus being less on the thing we're giving up and what we're going without, um, or even the thing that we're letting go and, and the focus being more on the fact that we're, we're creating space there for, for God to meet us and, and maybe it's even in that broken place or that mortal place that, um, that we believe that God works and brings healing and um, brings hope and brings joy. And, and I do think that's something that we could use, uh, maybe even extra measure, or extra helping of right now is the joy that we find in Christ, even in the Lent season. I love that story because um, it provides such a contrast to where Ash Wednesday can sometimes go. So one scripture we often read is out of Matthew 6. Before we impose the ashes, we often remind people to beware of practicing piety before others. And then, of course, we put a huge cross on their forehead that then you go around all day and you're like, wait, do you have a smudge? Oh, oh, this, this is my Ash Wednesday cross, right? It can almost be a point for boasting. But in that story, what I loved was that that child stepped up and he didn't see the, the ashes as a reason that he was better than anyone or as a way of boasting in his piety. He saw that he had received something that brought him joy and he wanted you to have that too. And so in that moment, instead of focusing on, on him as an individual, it brought you together, both of you as a community, it was this connecting point. And, and I, I think you're right. I think that that joy and that hope that connects us is really what Lent is about, is remembering how foundational that is to bringing us together as people of faith. Yeah, and I would love for that to be our focus, our shared experience and focus this Lent season um, in our church at Shambly Methodist and beyond in our community. 
um, that we could look for um, where we can discover joy, uh, the joy of Lent. And, um, and I do think we could maybe Lent from Lent, the, the typical way we think about and practice and understand uh, Lent in some kind of somber fashion, but, but rather be seeing the joy that Christ brings uh, even now. Yeah, I think that is a great final word for us today. An invitation, whoever's listening today, wherever you are, whether you've decided what you're doing or not, will you join us in Lenting from Lent this year? And let's, let's find a way to be connected in our joy. Eric, will you close our time together by offering a prayer for us? Sure, yeah. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for the joy that we have in life, for the joy that we have in you, for the joy that we share with each other. And we need it. God, we need to know, to see your joy. Thank you for all the ways that you show it to us, big and small. Whether it's in the words of something we read or the gesture of a child in our lives. And so as we look for your joy this Lenten season, God, go with us. Draw us together to find these experiences of joy together. As we walk towards, as we journey towards our Easter celebration this year. And we trust you for it and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Stacy. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Linting from Lent, brought to you by Shambly Methodist Church. Uh, there'll be a new episode that'll drop every Wednesday between now and Easter. So be sure and check back and listen in. And there's also some other things you can do to be a part of this conversation. Stacy, what else can they do? Well, if you want to know more about Because of This, I Rejoice, either the book, or if you want to keep the discussion going with a small group at Shambly UMC, you can check out our episode notes and click on the link. Be sure and come back next Wednesday and pick up in this conversation about how we're discovering joy this Lent season. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.